Welcome everyone to a bonus edition of Blasty Banter here on the Couch Potato Diary Sports Network. Uh, this one's going to be all about the Calgary Flames, so thought it fit under the Blasty Banter, um, I guess brand that we are doing now. Um, but welcome as we react to the Chris Tanev trade from last night as Tanev is on his way to the Dallas Stars in a three-team deal. Uh, going to look at this from the side of the Flames, um, a little bit on, on the Dallas Stars and kind of the overall um, legacy that Tanev leads behind now with the Flames. Um, but it was interesting. Last night, um, a lot going on was out um, and just didn't charge my phone. Phone died. I was like, oh, well. Guess I'm not checking my phone. And then someone comes up, like, so what do you think of the Tanev trade? I was like, it'll probably happen at some point. It's like, no, it happened now. Like, oh, okay then. Um, so really interesting. And like your your first your first reaction is that it is a touch underwhelming because it's the, the the marquee thing initially is it's a second round pick. And it's a prospect that not a lot of people are overly familiar with. And when you've been going on a bit of a roll here, it's like, well. Would have liked to get a little bit more. But that, like, realistically, for a rental who, while is very good, nothing but great things to say about the hockey player uh, Chris Tanev, can get hurt a little bit. So, I, I think overall this is a good trade for the Calgary Flames. It's a solid return. It's not a home run. It is just, it is a good trade for the Flames. I... I was of the belief that they probably weren't going to get a first-round pick for him, and so it makes, like, I... I feel pretty good about this from a Calgary standpoint. Let's look right now first at the prospect that they are getting in Artem Grushnikov. Sorry, I'll get used to it. Um, and again, I really should type these out instead of just reading um, my my own handwriting. But it's um, look like you do a bit of reading on this kid, and he he seems like he is just going to be a really solid left hand shot defenseman. Um, like, it seems like his game right now is a bit stay-at-home. Reading uh, Bukala's breakdown on Sportsnet, which, by the way, is incredible stuff. Um, it, it seems like there could be a bit of the upside. Like, he has the tools to to do more on offense. He just doesn't. Like, it, it seems like he is a very good skater, but uses that skater in ways to get out of the defensive zone, not necessarily to lead the rush or anything like that. But just a, a solid defensive defenseman who you can rely on in certain situations. Um, and so, like, could there potentially be a little bit more offensive upside there? Maybe. Um, I think he kind of tapped out around, or topped out, sorry, around like seven or eight goals. Uh, he might have got the 12 one year in the Ontario Hockey League. But um, we, we have seen, like, some guys come to the NHL level with the Flames in the last little bit. And all of a sudden, like, best case scenario kind of raises right now. And I'm not saying that the Flames need to bank on that. And it's been a couple of dudes. So, like, the sample size is small and, and stuff like that. But, like, it, it it does seem like there could be a little bit something extra there with this kid who is just 20 years old. This is his first year of pro hockey. But right now, it, it seems like he is a bit more of a, a steady defenseman and you're hoping he develops into maybe a little bit more. But odds are, the kid is probably going to be, um, from the projections that you see, probably going to be... Third pair defenseman out there on the penalty kill. Just a, a strong, solid defenseman. Former second round pick, so you could say basically that this is a, a trade for a couple of second round picks. Um, but I, the one comment that Conroy made that kind of was a little like, ah, I don't know if I love that. Um, but when he was talking with the 960 crew last night, talking about, oh, well, we have like these guys who are a bit more like offensive minded with Poirier and the, the kid they got, uh, Bruce Twitch in the... Um, 
in the, the Lindholm trade. Like, these guys are a bit more, like, flashy, more offensive defensemen. I'm wildly paraphrasing here. Um... But th th those guys are a little bit more on, on that side of things. Now we have a guy who can be with them and be a bit more stay at home. And I don't, I don't always love for, okay, well, this is an organizational need, so let's pluck that out. And maybe that was just the tiebreaker, right? Which in that case, fine. Uh, maybe they, they're like, there's a handful of prospects, pick one. And it's like, well, we have one of those. We have one of those. We don't really have one of those. Let's go with that. But I, I would much rather just get the best players available and figure out, like, who fits into which box a little bit later. Um, so that was the only one. I was like, I, I don't I don't love that explanation so much. But overall, like, I, I think this is a kid who, it seems like all the stuff you read, he's a second-round pick. He's solid at what he does. He is a good skater that can, like, keep up with modern NHL stuff. This isn't Hal Gill back there. When you think of, like, strong, solid, physical, stay-at-home defenseman, you kind of think of a plotter. He's certainly not that. You see some clips of him. The dude can skate, and he's very good, but he just kind of uses that skating ability to get himself out of trouble instead of get the other team into trouble. So, it's fine. It's fine. It's certainly not the NHL-ready players that we've been seeing the Flames making moves for. This is definitely much more of a developmental prospect. Again, 20 years old, playing his first year in professional hockey. Um, the second round pick they get in this year's draft now means they have two firsts this year, assuming the conditions on the Montreal thing aren't met, um, which they probably won't be. Um, they have two firsts this year, two seconds, they have a third, and two fourths. So they have done a pretty good job of kind of stacking things up this year. They also, I think, have an extra third, we'll get to it in a little bit, uh, but uh, an extra third in 2026. Next year's draft, they don't have their first, they have Florida's first, and then I believe they have the rest of their picks. If we're talking about, like, beggars can't be choosers, and like I said, just get the best... I, I, I'm more talking about draft capital here um, than players because I, I don't like talking about players as assets, but get the best assets that you can and just figure it out later. But I would like to maybe start to see them like, okay, you have a few extra picks now in this draft. Maybe start to focus on 25 a little bit and maybe try to, to branch this thing out and space things out a little bit instead of, well, we drafted 18 kids this year, um, so now everyone's contracts are coming up at the same time, blah, 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 blah. Maybe just space this out a little bit more now, but Assets are assets, draft picks are draft picks. You can trade back to next year um, and make it work that way. Like, there's there's ways of going about this, for sure. But, like, overall, you look at it, um, and there's potentially another third if Dallas makes it to the cup final, which, by the way, is not out of the realm of possibility. If you're looking at the circle of contenders in the NHL, I think you could throw the Dallas Stars in there, especially with this move now. So, I'm... I, I, I do not rule out that there is an extra third coming, which would mean you have an extra pick in the first, second, third, and fourth round. And this is before you move Hannafin and maybe Markstrom. So the Flames have put themselves in a pretty good spot now. And now you would assume um, with Hannafin, there's going to be, I would suggest probably a substantial amount of draft capital coming. So Craig Conroy in this retool has brought in a few players who are contributing now, right? Sharon Govich, um, uh, Kuzmenko, a little all over the place, but, but they've, they've done that. Um, 
but you have also added a couple of very intriguing prospects down on the farm um, and in, in junior hockey as well. But you have also now loaded up with quite a bit of draft capital to either make a couple of moves. Like, do you package some of those together, try to move your way up? Do you just pick from all of those spots and maybe you get a, a few? So I think the Flames have set themselves up in a pretty good way with this trade and with other trades. Like overall, like I said, it's not a home run, but this is far from a loss from a Calgary Flames perspective. This is just, this is a good trade. Um, Dallas doesn't have to give up any of their, like, real top prospect type players, and the Flames get, like I said, essentially two second round picks, and a player who projects to be the potential of playing in the National Hockey League someday. Um, you get, you get that for a rental defenseman who, while good and while we respect, also gets hurt a lot. So I, I think overall this is a good job. And now you look at kind of the overall scope of what Conroy has done with the Flames. So far in Conroy's tenure, he has moved out to Foley, Zadorov, Lindholm, and Tanev. He has acquired uh, Grushnikov, got it that time, maybe, um, Kuzmenko, Yermo, Brustovich, Sharon Govich, uh, a 2023 third, which ended up being... Um, they ended up using that pick. Um, uh, 2024 first, 2024 second, conditional fourth, conditional fifth, 2026 third, and another conditional third for 2026. So overall, if the conditions hit, and not all of them will, but if the conditions hit right now, it's a, um, it is one, two, three, four, five prospects, a first, a second, two thirds, three thirds, um, a fourth and a fifth. So he has basically, in four players, got, what is that again, five players and almost like an entire extra draft class brought in for, for these guys, and you still have one of the marquee names to go in Noah Hannafin, and then you may have another marquee name in Marky, in uh, Jacob Markstrom, so... I think Conroy so far has been so good for the Calgary Flames with the, the moves that have been made to bring these guys in. Bravo is my take on, on the overall body of the retool of the Calgary uh, Flames. Just quickly on the Dallas side, this is a Stars team that I like quite a bit. And I think that there is a lot there with this Stars group. I think they have quite a bit of potential um, and quite a bit of talent on the offensive side. And then you look at the blue line in front of one of the, the, the top budding stars in the league in goal in Jake Ottinger. But you look at the blue line, Tanev now... You either can put Tanev on the top pair, move Heiskinen back over to the left side where he's a bit more comfortable, um, or you have a right side of Heiskinen and Tanev uh, to, to go along with Haley, who's having a bit of a breakout year on the left, and Essa Lindell, and then you have Suter, Hockenpah, a couple other guys as well um, that, that you can put on your third pairing. That's a very good hockey team. And so you look at this from a, a star standpoint, while I do like the return for Calgary, it's not a ton for, for Dallas. And they're getting um, Tanev at 25% of his salary. So who cares, really? Um, th this is, th this is I think, really strong work for, for Dallas where they're basically adding a player um, for free, honestly. Like, second-round pick is nothing, or isn't nothing. And uh, the, the prospect isn't nothing. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it 
holds on to their top prospects and still top picks if they want to go out and make another type of a blockbuster deal here to to bring in another player, whether it be another defenseman or another scorer on this team. So I think the Dallas Stars are actually set up in a pretty good spot going forward. And when you're looking at the conditions on that pick and one of them potentially being a, um, a third rounder if Dallas does make it to the Stanley Cup final, then you feel pretty good. Uh, about that from a, a Calgary standpoint. Like, this is a Dallas team that could definitely do that. One last one here on, on Tanev, as we close the book for now on uh, Tanev as a Calgary Flame. Who knows? Maybe he'll want to resign in the offseason. Um, I would bet against it, but maybe. Who knows? But as you close the book here, it is, like, to me, the legacy of this guy is, like, he is leaving this organization better than he found it. Um, and, like, because of what he did. And because of how he played, you look at who he has played with. I think the Flames are going to get a little bit extra now that be, for Noah Hannafin because Hannafin played with Tanev. Um, Mackenzie Weger got to play with, with Tanev, and all of a sudden, we're talking about the breakout of Mackenzie Weger. Oliver Shillington, um, but before he left and came back. He played with Tanev, and you were starting to see the potential that we saw in Oliver Shillington. Everyone that Tanev played with not only got better, but found the best version of themselves. That is such a rare trait to have that in any type of a hockey player, where just anything he touched all of a sudden became its best version. He is someone who, uh, like I said, is invaluable as a leader in the locker room, um, as a tone setter out on the ice, and as a contributor to, to help out his teammates as well. So certainly, while the, this was 100% the right move to make for the Calgary Flames, a, a presence on this Calgary team that will be missed. Um, okay, that is going to do it for this uh, bonus breakdown of the Tanev trade here for the Calgary Flames. We'll be doing this again um, as the, the Flames make more of their trades, and as big trades happen, we'll, we'll come on here for some kind of emergency episodes. Um, but the, the regular Blasty Banter show will be back on Tuesday next week. Um, regular Couch Potato Diary coming out later on today with more of a focus on the world of professional wrestling. Sting's last Dynamite. We will look at the legacy of Steve Borden Sting as well. Uh, coming up on Fightin' Fridays, we'll be looking at some fights to make after the UFC card in Mexico, plus a full AEW Revolution preview. We'll have some football talk coming up for Football Fridays as well. And again, breaking trade news as it happens. Um, also, um, coming up on Saturday, it is the jersey retirement for Mika Kiprasov. Uh, earlier on this year, I did, or I guess last year, I did a Mika Kiprasov legacy look. Uh, so we'll be replaying that coming up on Saturday. So, um, make sure you subscribe to the channel, whether you're watching or listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video, leave a comment. What do you think about the Chris Tanev trade? Uh, let me know. And, uh, if you're listening in podcast form, leave a review. That kind of stuff really helps me out. Thank you guys so much. And I will talk to all of you a little bit later. Later on today.